Hi there. I'm Brittany. I'm Maria. And this is the Be More podcast. We kind of did it right. <laughs> we did it right. Okay. How yeah. are you? I'm good. How are you? How's the married life? <laughs> it is interesting. Um, yeah. We'll definitely talk more about this next time, guys. We have Monica coming on on our next episode to help Maria critique my wedding. Um, it's not critiquing. No, we had a really good time. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have to say the thing that's really interesting about being married after being together for 10 years is that like Dan and I are very like happy and like, you know, like, yay, marital bliss, but um, nothing has changed in our relationship, but our relationship to the people around us has changed. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? Because you're married It hasn't. Right. But it hasn't. So it's very, that's been like very interesting. (laughs) Um, But no, it's great. That's good. Did you fix your last names yet? The both of you? Absolutely not. Do you know how many, you know how long it takes to go through <laughs> that's that gonna process? That's going to take forever. I know. Like, to I go, know. I, I, Especially the both of you are doing it. So like, that's, I have decided <laughs> like that if before the end of this month, I actually like do the um, mm-hmm. reviews for all of the vendors that like, cause there's mm-hmm. still stuff to do after you get married, which is the worst part. Like there's so many things to do. <laughs> um, I will do one of the tasks a month because there's no timeline on it. Like there was yeah. for planning the wedding. So I don't care. Good. Otherwise yeah. I'm going to be annoyed and frustrated. So and like, what's, gonna... what's the last name, you know, like, right. Like, what it'll, it'll happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll get there. So we're referred to with them now, but it's not all the legal stuff will get. It's not with. legally changed yet. Right. Yes, right, right. Which is yeah. fine. No, I mean, um, your wedding, I ate so much. I ate so much and <laughs> ate so much for days after because we brought so much of it home with us. Really? Yes, it was great. But the, uh, I think I still whole... have it, like, stuff in the fridge. <laughs> the coffee machine at the end was just, like, I got was a cappuccino. It? I was like, yes, I'm good to, like, drive home at night. <laughs> Beautiful. So great. glad to hear it. Aww, awesome. We'll definitely talk. Well, I definitely want to hear. That's next week. Yeah. Yeah, I want to. I know you guys want to hear and I want to yeah. hear all of like the thoughts and I can't wait to hear what Monica has to say. Um, it was fun. It was fun time. It was fun times, but we want to actually stick to what we said we were going to do and kind of <laughs> complete this cycle on talking about like stress <laughs> and emotions yeah. and burnout and like all that fun stuff, which ended up Maria and I totally did not do this all on purpose. It's just uh-huh. kind of great, greater intervention of helping make a nice like segue plan for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about burnout a little bit today. So yeah, get like yourself in a spot to like take some breaths friend, <laughs> because yeah. this is going to be a lot. And, uh, Marie uh-huh. and I are talking about this cause it's something that we deal with. And I think it's really Constantly. interesting. Um, the spark of inspiration for this was that I listened to a podcast interview, um, with two sisters they're actually twin sisters which made it really more interesting oh i didn't know they were twins i knew they were sisters because of the the episode yeah their names are emily and amelia nagoski i hope i said that right um Mm -hmm. and i think the book this recent book was published in 2020 or 2019 and they wrote a book called burnout and they talk a lot about the science of burnout and what happens to our bodies and how to, I think a lot about it, a lot, a lot of it's how to cope with it. Um, mm-hmm. But this was super inspiring to me when I listened to it and I had to share it with Maria. Cause I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. But I these, also, sorry. I also like how, cause I have the podcast episode title on my phone right now. Um, burnout and how to complete the stress cycle mm. <laughs> like like that whole completing the stress cycle is also that was the part that was point. genius because i yeah. feel like stress is a thing that we all experience and we all talk about all the time but 
I like how their take on it really like nailed it down as a thing. Yeah. Right. And yeah, it's like sorry, it's like things. a it's it's like a I don't I don't think people see it as a cycle. No, like, it's I just never like a thing that you, you that go either. through. Yeah, you just go through and it closes, but that is kind of a cycle. Yeah. And we're gonna yeah. get all into like the science of like stress and yeah. and what how we end up in burnout. But um yeah, so these two two really kick kick ass, badass sisters. Um and this wasn't too. yeah, they this didn't come out of like nowhere. Um one of them is actually like a health education um and like counselor and the yeah. other one is a um is like a um oh my gosh a conductor yeah like okay, studying she's like musical in, in music <laughs> yeah um and the reason a big thing that brought them together to write this book is that the musically inclined sister went through a doctoral program that she was the only woman who ever completed the program mm-hmm. because misogyny is real in classical music and all through her time she got really sick was in the hospital for like undiagnosable pains in her body um come to find out that it was all like stress she was holding on to and it was manifesting inside her and all this crazy stuff so um can relate her health education sister was like hey read all this stuff about emotions and and stress and what it does to you and Mm -hmm. She was able to overcome it because she learned a lot. But through this process, they both realized like a lot of people don't know a lot about stress and how it affects us and all that great stuff. So yep. they wrote this kick-ass book that I have on my list of to order because there's so much more in it than what we're going to talk about today. I'm sure. Yeah. We just scratched the surface because we yeah. just listened to one podcast episode. Yes. But it's, I think, really good information because we're going to talk a little bit about the history and understanding it and then like how it relates to things we've talked about before. And then Mm -hmm. some of the things that they talked about with like what Maria said in their title of how to get through the cycle of stress. It, this blew my (laughs) mind just understanding it as a cycle. It makes it like something that you can freaking finish. Yeah. 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 Um, But anyway, so the research that they had gathered um, and shared was that apparently, and I didn't know any of this either, which was baffling to me. um, Herbert, Freudenberger, which sounds like a made-up name from, like, Rick and Morty. Um, <laughs> but he was the first person to give burnout a definition back in 1975. And, which Pretty is crazy recent. to me, because that means that, like, our, it's funny how we talk about how, like, you know, society these days is so much more stressful. Like, people weren't experiencing this, like, 50 years ago. I feel or like maybe not the extent that they are now. No, I I think it's because if you put something, if you give it a name, then you have something more easily like identifiable to like name, like you know, but like the fact that it wasn't enough of an issue that it didn't have to be identified <sighs> until 1975 means that like our cultural societal changes mm. created this monster. Hi, Bezos. My cat is all of a sudden sitting on, <laughs> on the windowsill next to me. Um, yeah, I guess so. You know what I mean, yeah. like. We've we could, made yeah. this our own monster. It didn't exist before. Or like, yeah. I think, right. It, or, didn't, it wasn't big enough to have a name. Yeah, exactly. And then now that it has a name, uh, people can point to it more easy, easily. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he breaks it down into like these three components of making the perfect storm. And he defined them as emotional exhaustion, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a decreased sense of accomplishment, mm-hmm. And uh, and depersonalization. So we're going to like word. super nerd out and, and yeah. define. Well, I'll tell you at least how he defines them. I'm literally sitting here scratching my cat and it's making me so happy right now. Um, 
So emotional exhaustion is like a fatigue that comes with caring too much for too long, which I okay. feel like is just our existence. Like that enough yeah, in just, and of itself just our is just our existence. <laughs> um, decrease uh, a sense of accomplishment is a sense that nothing that we do is going to make a difference. Which is just so sad. <laughs> and then depersonalization is the depletion of empathy, caring, and compassion. Yeah, sounds like burnout. Um, which is literally depersonalization could literally be like being a robot if you wanted a, an easier. And that's what I know. I'm analogy. I'm burnt out when I'm like I don't care. Right. Like don't talk. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, want to interact. Don't talk to me. Yeah. Totally. Um, so those are the three components. And it's funny. What I thought was really interesting is that, and really annoying and frustrating, but reporting about these three components and about burnout only started in like professional world like they were Maybe, only like looking at professionals product, product, product and if you look back at like the 19 so like the chunk of probably like professionals that they're looking at was probably from like the 1950s to the 1970s a majority of that populace of what would be a professional doesn't even count women makes sense <laughs> So then they didn't say this in the podcast, but this is something that I was thinking about in terms of like social aspects to this is that like you're saying professionals, but like the class of people that were professionals were white men. Yeah. Still at that time. Correct. Right. So that I thought was interesting. And we'll talk more on this in the future too. But (laughs) so I thought that was really interesting. And then they talked about how um, like women... (laughs) oddly enough with what we just said women tend to be the ones who suffer more from burnout especially because of that emotional exhaustion um Mm -hmm. and then we tapped on this a little bit i think in our last episode too where like women just like we carry more of the burden all of the things that we're talking about caring too much like um needing feeling like they want to do something to make a difference right and help others and like having empathy and compassion like that's those are all traits that are related to women Right, and, like, I I couldn't tell you why. It, I can't, I mean, I can't tell you why either. I mean, there's something going on, yeah, but I feel like yeah. there's also something going on genetically, right? If you think about, and, like, biologically, if you think about, like, the woman's purpose. Generational trauma. A, a nurturer, too, like, that's. Have you heard of genera- generational trauma? Yes, I, yes. Yeah, do you think it's just that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be that, too. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I'm sure it has something to do with that. Um <laughs> Uh, anyway the next thing that i wrote down which was funny was like this is bullshit then if so much of the professional exhaustion started in studies at the time when most professionals were men so i think it's interesting how they're realizing like women tend to be the ones who like suffer from burnout more but i but like when we first started studying this we were only studying for men um it's funny how it started out as a professional study as in like okay they're basing this off of someone's productivity to help the economic society right, which means it was probably paid by somebody who was like can you figure out why i can't get my people to do more or why they all turn into zombies yeah. to work? which is funny um and then speaking of work they said that people who work in the realms of service um or like a people bursting people type of position tend to have higher rates of burnout um and i can tell you this as a first example that this is 100 percent true and sucks um but the two bigger things that we are going to dive into a little bit more are what sits behind burnout and things like the emotions we talked about, like caring and empathy and compassion, um, like a sense of self-worth and and the stress that kind of triggers that being in a place of caring for t- too long and having to yeah. combat stress in the process, which are two things that I think we talked about in previous episodes. Yeah, I can um, touch upon it. 
So I loved how they gave emotions like a scientific explanation and stress like a scientific mm. explanation. Yeah. I think it's really funny how we spend so much of our lives like being told we have to like manage our emotions and being told that we need to be a certain way, like we need to be robots. But science literally tells us that like we are emotional things before we're anything else. Yeah. Um, and this definition of emotions literally like very nicely packages that. Um, yeah. So your emotions are neurological sensations that travel through your entire bod- body. They are involuntary neurological responses mm-hmm. they have a beginning a middle and an end and move through cycles right um so yeah so and they are things that we feel and exist inside of our bodies um mm-hmm. and i think we talked about in a previous episode how uh like researchers for emotions understand that like we are extremely emotional beings but we don't know how to like express our emotions well or like identify them well we just feel stuff yeah. um so, yeah, so I thought this was crazy because they talk about, I think, stress. They talk about stress as, like, a neurological bodily as an response. Emotion. Yeah, as an emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I never thought about an emotion as, a, like, a cycle, too. Because, like, you don't really – I mean, we do, but, again, it's giving a name to something. Yeah, and making it <laughs> you know make what saying? Like, like, actual sense. Like, like, everyone knows, like, when they're sad and all of a sudden they're done it's like oh okay i'm done with that like yeah. but it's not like you don't think of it as like i've completed the cycle of being sad yeah or Especially like why like, we can't get out of sadness when we feel sadness and then it turns into trauma right because then like see also that's very nuanced because like you can identify as being sad or depressed and then it'll turn to anxiety but you still think it's depression you know what i'm yeah. saying like you finished the depression now it's anxiety but it's like very minute sometimes that's like yeah you're going through the motions you just don't think of it as a cycle. And then yeah. all of a sudden one day you're not stressed or, or anxious or depressed and you're just like content. Right. And you're like, wow, I feel better today. And you're yeah, like, I'm like oh, I think that's done. I think that's done now. And then, but like when we're content, you don't really think about it. So what I like, uh, I'm going to just read what I wrote and then you feel free to comment. Cause I can't guys, I can't like go back to stuff when I feel it in the moment. I'm really good at completing a cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My emotions. Yeah, I say whatever I need to say and I need to get it out in the moment and then I'm done with it. So I'm it. just going to read my cycle of emotion. to Marie. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is what I was thinking about when I was listening to this part of the, like the interview, mm-hmm. what's frustrating about emotions is that because they serve as a tunnel for us to travel through, when we hit, we hit exhaustion if we don't get through it all the way, right? That's, this is like what Correct. emotional exhaustion is. Yeah. Um, and so often because we're not able to complete the entire cycle and make it all the way through the tunnel successfully, we end up stuck in it. And like we just said, not even realizing it. The harder part is that the more intense feelings, oh, this part bothers me. The more intense <laughs> feelings like rage, sadness, or shame, um, mm-hmm. those that are like really hard for us to talk about are the ones that we need support we, we need to talk about and get support from others in order to be able to move through the tunnels that, on yeah, our, like yeah. at all, um, yeah. which is just funny because that's like, that's one of the proof moments of saying how like we need one another, because if we don't have these conversations with people, we don't, we're not able to successfully move through these things on our own. Like we're not expected to be able to handle all of these emotions on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Agreed. And then the worst part about that is that those really intense emotions like rage or sadness or shame, Mm-hmm. Um, are the ones that we hold on to and then we get stuck in these cycles which leads to the exhaustion because we're not able to cope with them properly or yeah. um like manage conversations that we need to have about 
about them to be able to get the support we need to move through them successfully. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote at the very end, what the hell, that totally fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> we are our own worst enemies in not being able oh, to complete the cycles. But also, if you're not ready to even talk about it, you don't even know that you have that. That's true. That's also, why, like, like you need a, to a layer. I know, the, the self-awareness is also key, but also it's just, like, another layer because it's, like, um, what was I going to say? Like, I can be anxious, but I don't know what I'm anxious about, and it could manifest, it could have been manifested because of something that I'm not packing. But, like, I don't know that. I don't I don't have the, the self-awareness yet to understand that. Um, thankfully, I mean, before. Now I'm like, okay, I think this is because of this, because mm-hmm. this happened yesterday or, like, today or whatever. So, like, it, it, it's a journey, but also a lot of people don't care for that. Or, like, just don't even know that there's space to do it. Correct. Yeah, yeah. But, again, that's scary as shit when you do do it and you realize that you're oh, – I had terrible. this moment, like, a couple weeks oh, ago where terrible. I was like, okay, Brittany, what's the real reason why you're anxious? And then I got to the real reason, and I was like, oh, God, that fucking sucks. It sucks, and it's, like, a lot to unpack, and, you know, therapy is also a thing that helps people go through this. But yeah, if you're doing it by yourself, it's even harder because, like, you have to, like – somehow do it in a healthy way that doesn't self-destruct you <laughs> like it is very hard um but in essence yeah the whole cycle that's why people get into like manic modes or like deep depressions that will turn into like not seasonal but like all year round <laughs> depression oh, yeah. um so I don't know it's it's a lot especially like shame like that that's a big one that I keep forgetting that like is the thing yeah shame and guilt and like all that stuff so it's like oh I don't even want to touch that, honestly. <laughs> and it's heavy, like, it's so heavy because there's so many layers to, like, where shame come from, shame comes from. Um, mm-hmm. But, okay, so, ready? this is the next, this is this is another paragraph. Are you ready for this? Um, sure. What's, and this is, like, I think this is the reason why digging deeper as to why, why this is an issue for us, right, as, like, a society. It's so sad because, like this, there's so much misinformation that we get from a young age and we don't make space in our relationships for being able to talk about our feelings. We talk about the issues. This part baffled me. I had a whole realization in this, ready? So if you think about it, like when we have a, when we're little and we have a problem, right? And we're growing up, we talk all the time about like, how do I problem solve? How do I find a resolution, right? How do I creatively think to, to work my way around this? Um, And I, I do that in a painstaking way. Like I am a problem solver in the most desperate kind of way. Like I okay. have to, like if there's an issue, like I'm going to find some type of solution for it. Like right now and like Well, right not now. like not even like right now. Well, yeah, sometimes it has to be like an immediate <laughs> thing, but I get like really mm-hmm. like focused on having to find a solution. Um, okay. So ready? This is, this is insane. Um, so not only are we not making space to have conversations about the fact that we have emotions, what we are putting emphasis on is problem solving our way out of the emotion, right? Like, oh, this is happening. Oh, as opposed to as opposed to um, feeling the emotion, like, right? Going and this, through it. This yeah. part baffled me because one of the things that the these the <laughs> Nagowski Nagow, I'm going to say their name wrong a thousand times that the sisters brought up is that yeah. your the things that you feel and the emotions you feel are separate from behaviors and actions. So Mm -hmm. like whatever, like you're saying too, right? Like whatever you're feeling that's triggering your anxiety, 
you can f deal with whatever the issue is, but you yeah. still have to deal with the anxiety that you're having because they become two separate things. Yeah. So one of the things that I realize is I, <laughs> so oh, I'm constantly, I'm constantly rethinking about whether I actually know how to address emotions and make space to be able, <laughs> um, for somebody else to be able to process their emotions. That's the whole point of like why we have relationships, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we have to feel like we have to behave ourselves when we're talking about, and I know this all the time, right? If I, if I'm sad and like I'm crying and I'm upset about something, I remember hearing all the time that it's like, it's fine. Just deal with it. Like, do, don't be sad. Just like deal with the prop. Like, and it's not from necessarily from my parents. I just feel like I always heard like, find a solution to it. Like, don't get upset yeah. about it. Find a solution to it. And it's like, yeah, you're taking away <laughs> the space for someone to like, literally you're stopping people it's not even us stopping ourselves from going through the cycle. Other people are making a boundary that's stopping and us from like, getting through the cycle. And then we never know how to go through the cycle as we get older. What do you do about that? <laughs> as a friend that's going, as someone has, has gone to you, like all stressed out, what do you respond? I've now not said much while people are going through a whole situation. I'm usually like, you'll be fine. As in like, right, not right now. You're, you're not fine. I get that, but you will right. be eventually. And then have them just randomly like, you'll be fine. Like not, <laughs> and like not egging them on or like saying like, just deal with it. Like I've now just resorted to like, you'll be fine. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything just, else? <laughs> I don't. And this is okay. So ready. This is like, <sighs> it's hard being the friend I on the other side. Like, yeah. I feel like we just need to make more space for people to really, to really just be in that. And it's funny because like, it's funny because that's literally what therapists do. Right. Yeah, I've but, learned that because of therapy. Right. I've learned yeah, that, like yeah. I cannot say, no, it's okay. Cause I know right. it's not okay. Exactly. Instead, instead I literally just say, you will be fine. The will but is it's, key. <laughs> it's how do we have like, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what the right answer is, but like, I don't either. My, I'm just saying in like, my yeah. brain, yeah. the whole support, the whole point of having a relationship, it's about having emotional support right? Like 100%. that's, that's what makes a relationship flourish. Yeah. And, or I like agree. that's the foundation for a good one. So it's like, yeah. if we don't know how, if we don't know how to make space for that, then what are you good? Not good for, but what are you, like, what like, is our relationship doing? Right. What, what are you contributing to the relationship? I agree. Because other than that, and I mean, I, maybe you can relate to this too. I've had people where I've been in friendships for years and years and years with them. And then I have yeah. a moment where I realize like, oh, there's no substance to this relationship. Like it's oh, 100%. convenience and bullshit. And, it's out like, of convenience or like very small talk. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. there's no like substance of emotions. And then now I'm very like intentional when I make friends, I'm very much like, we're going to talk about this stuff right away. And if you can't handle and I can't make space or we can't do it, then we shouldn't be friends. Like, yeah, because like at the end of the day, like what are you contributing if you're not being right? Like we there? should be doing that for like, and it's not even that you need to right. And then there's the other end of that where like, you feel like you're always taking on the problem of your friends That's right? Right. That's or you're always issue. their emotional support <laughs> or like emotional crutch. That's different too. But like yeah, yeah. being able That's to draining, there's like a sense of being a, a therapist in like every relationship because if your friend brings an issue to you you need, you need to, to be able to them. make space for it and it's not even like you need to yeah. do it for them but you need to make space no, no, for no, them no. to do it themselves I feel like growing up it's it's been you when we're younger we don't know better we're just trying to give no, everyone advice and like 
assume that we know things and like some people like when we're younger we we appreciated it but like i don't think we needed it the older we get the older i get at least i'm like they might not need whatever the hell i'm thinking let me just say like two words and see if they need me to say something further like you know it's like it's the awareness of like what other people want mm-hmm. and need as an empath this is <laughs> all we think about <laughs> anyway and you're uh, so ugh. and it's like I don't I'm not here to give you advice if you don't want it so I'm not going to give advice outright as opposed to me 10 years ago yeah and <laughs> I'm so much better at being like you know like I was thinking about this like can I share it with you like I yeah was thinking or like about this idea like and can I share what I my my perspective I on usually I usually ask people like okay are you okay and then that kind of like or like, do you, what do you, what do you need? Or like, whatever. And then that usually triggers, uh, I just need someone to listen to, or like, I need advice. Like it, yeah. it's either or. So it, it yep. comes with age and also self-awareness. And that's, I mean, it takes forever though, to figure that it does. out. It's it's just, Especially I mean, actually, if you haven't gone to therapy and like, you haven't seen a therapist work in like, when they're like a, you know, just like a talk therapist, like it's right. so hard. <laughs> and it's funny. Cause you're going to have so many people are gonna oh, so many people so are many gonna people, come to you yeah. and be like I don't know what I need and you're gonna make space for them fine. and like be yeah. like I'm making space for you to talk this out and figure it out because like you need to talk and they're gonna be like not happy with that right and they're gonna be and mad at you aren't. for doing that but it's like that's why that's why those conversations are really important and being like yeah. look I I'm I really want to help you but this is the way that I see being able to help you best and that doesn't mean me telling you what to do that means me making space for you us I'll be here to help you figure it out but like I'm not gonna do it for you it also is a shift when you realize that like okay for x amount of years that we've been friends I've just given you advice but all of a sudden I just stop because like I've learned better that is also a big shift into a dynamic like relationship dynamic so it's like Either way, someone's gonna be unhappy for a while until they understand. Yeah, <laughs> that's there has that's to the be whole like thing. A real clear, and I I try to be like, yeah, I try to be clear. I'm like, I'm doing this. and about what, and the better you are at explaining what you need to, like, I'm definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. I've learned through therapy that I generally am the kind of person who can get there on myself, like on my own. I just need yeah. to like be able to like talk through it. Right. I don't need advice really right I just need you to listen to me or just literally physically just sit there yes and then I have my moments very clearly where I'm like I really need your input on this and I will be very open to be like I'm stressed out I really need you to listen to what I'm saying and give me your opinion because I know like I know that feeling of when that little alarm goes off in the back of my head that's like you're not sure about this (laughs) like I know how to like Spongebob's uh, brain going haywire and this is the thing that and I get this all the time so my wedding is a perfect example of this which is like super annoying and not necessary (laughs) but I feel like there's so much I'm Mm -hmm. a super emotional person like yeah, I Brittany cried like 50 different I times cried a night. lot at my wedding, but I'm a very, you know, I almost cried too. Don't worry. Good. I'm a super emotional <laughs> person and I've come into that more as I've gotten older. Um, like happy things make me cry. Like I was on the phone phone for like 20 minutes with like a woman that I consider like my aunt. And we just said like really nice things to one another. And I was bawling in the car from it. Like I am. And I've stopped trying to stop myself from that. Yeah, the trauma has, right. <laughs> has held like, us back. Yeah, I used to stop myself from that all the time. And one of the like the things that they brought up and they talk about in this book too is like how feeling like going back to what we were saying before, right? Like feeling 
feeling like we have to behave ourselves with the way that we're feeling. And so much of the time yeah. it comes with those negative emotions like rage and anger and, and stuff. Like we have to be told like, no, no, no. Like you dealt with the issue. Like you need to deal with the issue at hand. You need it's to get out so, of your emotions. But also it's, it could also be like, don't be too positive Yeah, that <laughs> online too, or right? like you know, whatever. It's just so um, stupid. And it's ugh, like in either direction, it just becomes like this this like Pain. we have to limit we literally have to train ourselves for social acceptance and sometimes for safety which we can talk about later too but like yeah. we literally have to we have to we unknowingly are trained to stop in the middle of the cycle and mm-hmm. then are never taught how to finish the cycle finish. Yeah. at a later point um i so this is what i said i was like <laughs> it's just sad and unfortunate and it's even worse that we don't even realize that this is what's leading to so much of the exhaustion we're all feeling Plus, on top of this, we don't talk about it and we take it out. We take it into our bodies without processing it fully and letting it go, which literally makes us sick. Um, Literally. Like, I feel like uh, case in point with probably a majority of people that have stress anxiety. I hold it in my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Some people hold it in their gut, which is why stomach aches are pretty prevalent with people that have anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, I think secondary is my like my stomach. Um, But my shoulders are like if you feel my shoulders like I can't it's, it's a rock it's a it's a rock and like that's when I know I'm stressed is because like usually <laughs> that moment where I'm like oh my shoulders up and I'm like I put them down I'm like oh my god it's oh, like yeah. 20 pounds have like lifted off my shoulders it's so funny because mine I still get tension I <laughs> I went to get a massage a couple of days before the wedding and I haven't had a massage in a couple of years and I have <laughs> honestly probably 20 year old knots sitting in my shoulders yeah i get massages every like six months and the person that does my massage is like what the yeah is wrong with you and and i'm like so funny I'm is so that sorry. i actively it's, it's taken me a really long time so i used to get um back at the height of all of my like mm. trauma and stuff when i was in college and then i was also moving my body because i was studying dance let's talk about how shocked up this was during like oh, the first two years I used to get, um, this is when I started having, I really started having panic attacks at this time. And I thought it was just my asthma. Like I, oh, I had no really? idea. Cause you have, yeah, you have a, it's the, I, um, I had sport induced induced asthma induced because asthma. I was out of shape. That's pretty much what sport induced asthma means. Uh, <laughs> unconditioned for the activity that I was doing, which was so true. But oh, God. I used to get like these really <laughs> weird, like serious tingly, like burning sensations up the back of my neck. And if oh, I would geez, ignore I it, if I would ignore it, it would up turn here, right? into like right here. No, like up into. the back of my neck, like up the back oh. of my neck. And like sometimes it would come over, like to the top of my it, head. It would come to my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I would ignore it, I would be in class. Like I'd be taking class, and my vision yeah. would start going out. Yeah, that's when my vision gets. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I get the same thing. It travels the to actually the side. Yeah. Of my and head, all... like right here, my my temple. It was funny because I literally called my mom. I called my mom one night. I was like, mom, like the side of my head is like pulsating. Really? Yep. And she's like, why didn't you tell me this earlier? I'm like, can you just like, let me know what the hell this is? She's like, that's probably a migraine, but like, let's check her blood pressure tomorrow. Like, and of course triggers. that like, and of course I'm like stressed out. So that obviously Over that. didn't oh, help. Completely. <laughs> yes. And then all of a sudden I, I like, thankfully every night now, because it's so, and this doesn't actually help me. I do like neck stretches because like I just physically can't do it anymore. Like yep. with my whole shoulders being all tight, whatever. 
um but then I woke up and it was fine and I yep. I obviously went to my mom's house and she was like no your blood pressure's fine she probably she was like it's just a migraine it's probably from your stress I'm like yeah yeah probably like and everything adds so, up <laughs> it's so fr- I, we're, we're going into stress now we're gonna talk about stress yeah in a sorry too, and why this is all related no I mean yeah but it's funny because I've moved past this like in my shoulders mm. and the terrible I'm slowly part, moving past it thankfully the terrible part about it is like like you said right you have you have a line, like a hierarchy of friends who are waiting to literally take on your stress in your body. So I've moved into like gut and, and cardiac issues. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll talk my, about this. We'll, when we get to God. stress, we'll go to the, we'll go to the first, but I, I first started learning about like how our body physically holds on to stress and our feelings yeah. like, and stress included when I started studying yoga, because I read a book, I feel like I brought this up before, but I read a book called Anatomy of the Spirit. It's by mm-hmm. an, a woman named Caroline Miss. And the entire book, she is like a yoga therapeutics, like, like yeah. guru lady. Um, her entire book is about like working with trauma patients who've experienced something and it, their trauma develops into a degenerative disease in a certain part of their body. That's where, and it's like, all it has to do with chakras too. Like based on whatever chakra center is closest to the area of their body, they start to take it into the organs in their body. So like um, people who, she does case studies on like people who've experienced a lot of heartbreak or like around their like heart chakra or not open about like who they are and can't accept love willingly Mm. develop like breast cancer or like have heart issues That's so terrifying or like people who have issues with their root chakras with like the trauma of their their childhood or their their like yeah. first years in life like they develop like um like digestive issues Makes sense. so it 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 was such an amazing and I was like holy shit like that, yeah. this whole book just blew my whole world open um but this was a huge right. thing like it was an eye-opening to me to realizing like the our experiences lead to our emotions and our emotions are the things that our bodies feel and if we don't work because through it's like, these emotions then they we hold on to them because like people don't think that an intangible couldn't affect the tangible right that that's the whole right. root of it and that's what where it comes back to that's why i love that they put science behind it because science like makes mm-hmm. something that's intangible feel a more tangible but let's literally let's, let's break into the yeah, science behind stress right yeah so Stress, they define stress as, um, oh, actually, you know what? I don't know if they even, I even wrote down what they define stress as. Stress is like another neurological response to something. Um, yeah. But what I really enjoyed was that they, they define stressors yeah. um, as the, they can be external, um, like something that's happening around us, or they can be internal, like something we say to ourselves, which is worse, <laughs> which, um, is, so which worse. is me at three in the morning when I wake <laughs> up and I initiate a stressor and I can feel my heart pumping and I can't fall back asleep. Talk about me the knowing. worst. Yeah. That is the worst. Um, but stressors, <laughs> whether internal or external, are some things that activate our stress response in our body. And that is like a trigger. Yeah. Um, yeah. And our body goes through this, which is why it takes it into all of our organs, right? Our mm-hmm. history, our biology, our kinesiology, all of this safety is key, right? And like yeah. when we face something that's a stressor, I mean, we have different types of stressors, external stressors now, but when we face stressors back in the day, it was a stressor that was inflicting like a threat on your life, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? right, like right. That was the, the majority of the stressors that we faced. Um, so your mm-hmm. body's knee jerk reaction is to like 
go into hyper mode fight and or flight. yeah do whatever is necessary and <clears throat> it's mm-hmm. so funny because they talked about do you remember how they made their reference to like the the gazelle getting bit by the lion very vaguely it was uh, very interesting they talked about how um like our body goes through like a fight a flight or a freeze stage uh, but okay, when we yeah. talk about like we tell people right if you think about it right if you talk about a bully it's so funny because one of my cousins is a teacher and she was talking about how like the kids are like a big fan of like this guy who's on does youtube videos but they're okay he tries to like teach people about how to handle social interactions, but the way he teaches it kind of comes off really skewed and kind of tells them exactly what to do to be the bully instead of like teaching about how to cope. So like it, okay. it creates like a really negative. Yeah. It creates like a, a bad wrap Just a around bad situation. like be yeah. the fight person essentially. Right. And if you, right, and yeah, we always say all... if you run away or if you do nothing, you have weakness. Only the people who fight are the people who are strong. Um, um, that's a whole different. I know, and it is a whole other thing. <laughs> Again, talking about the things that we teach our kids and like the messages yeah. they get and how bad yeah. they are. But um, I'm reading mm-hmm. through my notes again. But anyway, so it just it's so interesting because they talk about how when it comes to stress, our organ systems like can even do the fight, flight, or freeze part. But when we're mm. constantly being bombarded with all of these stressors after a while your body just like you don't Doesn't you don't train what? to freeze we don't train our body to flight we usually mm-hmm. train our body like keep going you have to keep going you have to fight you have to keep going so all of our organ systems go into this crazy place um of being and that's like, what stresses your whole body out your whole right body hyperactive goes, yeah um <clears throat> so uh, and if you have ex- severe anxiety you're always in that mode Right. I'm just saying. Right. Which is the worst part. So I guess anxiety maybe is the feeling. I think so. Because like I have. Because stress is the, I, I feel like stress, stress is the physical body manifestation response. Right. Anxiety. But anxiety is the feeling. And I mean, you can induce stress in your body from fear and you can yeah. induce stress in your body from sadness and you can induce anything stress really like, you know, there's what also I mean? good so, stress too. Right. And there? that's another thing that they, they brought up too. Like, um okay there's some good stressors too right there's some good stressors and bad you just don't know which is which right and sometimes we just get harped on getting stuck in the yeah bad ones um like if you think about like anticipation and like excitement that causes stress in your body but we know how to finish that cycle yes because then the event or something happens and you're like this is great and then yeah it's like especially a case in point is usually like i don't know if interviews or like for jobs are like a good or bad depends i guess on the person if they're if they really want this job and they're like anticipating this interview to like yeah do great that's a stress on your body but again it's you like know how to finish it because stressor. right you you or yeah if you're performing like uh, you know or like if you're in a band and you're doing a concert like you're anxious but it's Dude, a good that's what artists li- artists live off of that exactly stress exactly so it's like but they know how to finish it because all of yeah. a sudden there's an event that ends it right. there isn't an event that ends depression but it's also that's the part of the problem too right the event is still separate from the emotion yeah correct i agree you know like it and that's that's hard like we don't i don't fucking know how to differentiate between those two things like you want to you want to know what it's so funny and then we'll go back to like the stretches and a bad thing i still have Mm -hmm. like moments where if i get excited about something 
And this happens if I get scared of things too. If I get excited about something and I can feel the excitement, it's like needing to end the physical response to stress, ending the cycle. <laughs> um, and we'll talk about this later too. They say that like being able to move in a really like not thoughtful way, just like moving your body um, is a good way to end a stress cycle. Agreed. When I get really excited, like a toddler, if you ever watch a kid get really excited about something, you know how they like, they like, just, like all yeah. over the place. <laughs> um, when I get really excited about something, I still, I never do it in like, the presence of other people obviously but i'll like put myself in a spot where no one's around and i'll be like ah! and i like just i have to get it all out no and i do the same thing when i get scared yeah um and uh, i do it like to this day if i am like even if i'm in my apartment guys this is gonna make me sound like such a nut job but um i'll have moments where like something or how especially at night if i have a nightmare and i wake up to go to the bathroom and it's dark in the apartment and i'm like just conscious enough to know what like yeah. see what's going on as i walk back into my room i'll and i used to do this to dan all the time uh i literally will like jump and like freak myself out a little bit on purpose because that like movement yeah and i used to like jump into bed sometimes to do it like that oh, little movement yeah like completes the cycle and i relax and i'm not yeah. scared anymore it's like okay we're done yeah Right. right. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Like I, I, movement has always been that for me, but to go back to like the, not being a bad thing, like the one little note that I wrote about this is that that's what's super frustrating is that it's not that stress is a bad thing or that it's like not no, good yeah. for our bodies, but, um, because it helps us stay alive. But yeah. the issue is that we stay in a state of stress and we're not able to safely move through the cycle of like the stress yeah. response. We halt the stress response. Agreed. Um, it brought up a really interesting point for me too about how I love how they brought this up. Like people are, we talk about not being stressed and being at peace and wanting to be in a state of well being, like it's a nirvana. Like it's, it's a place it's that fleeting. we're going to get to. Like we're not going to have to deal with stress. I'm going to be totally stress free. It's, um, it's fleeting. Everything and that is you can fleeting. just be there. And yeah, that's naive. Right. And it's like not to, and that's why we're talking about this too. I feel like that's the reality of the situation is like stress is something that we have to deal with. We don't have a choice. It's a, it is a bot, unless you go and get like an, what are those things called where they like poke an eye? Lobotomy or whatever. Yes. Unless you go and get a lobotomy tomorrow where you're totally desensitized to anything and you don't take on any type of stressors that activate your stress response. Um, It's something that's in our bodies and it's just like, we have to be able to know how to, just like we move through peace, like you have to be able to move through stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you who, like, have to, you have to have ahead. awareness of both. It's like that whole yin and yang thing. Yeah. You can't have one without the other. Yeah. Right. But also when did society tell us that like happiness is like a point that you have to reach and then stay there? I don't, because I don't that's think like, that's they the ever thing. did. Okay. I mean, if you think about, because I feel like all we ever do all the time is talk about how, like, it's about the journey, not the destination. Like, we hear all those, like, quotes. And, like, if you think about, like, the pursuit of <laughs> happiness as a movie, like, it's a social known thing that we don't have to exist in a state of happiness. We just go through life. But you want to know what kind of fucks it up? Hmm. Our, our, the way we utilize social media. Oh, like comparing yourself to other people on But like media? we if you're constantly like, showing your state of happiness and it subconsciously oh. will make other people seeing it that like they why are they not constantly in a state of happiness? Which is why I'm off of Instagram. Which I comes back to why, right? Which comes back to mm. all of the ways that we don't make space and it's not social media that's a problem. It's this has been an issue before social media social media just created another 
it's another platform, platform. for us to yeah. do it but like yeah. we weren't doing it in conversations with people right we were only yeah. and here's a great like when my parents talk to my other childhood friend parents and they're talking about all the good stuff and all the glory days it's like all the glory days like that <laughs> that's not true like you're just sharing like you're just walking in and sharing all of like your your medals from your battles but you're not having a conversation about the battles you went through yeah you're you're just talking about what the end result but nothing yeah you through. can't yeah. just always talk about the good stuff you can't you just can't it's just a false sense of everything I right know, and i think that's what even though we know better especially in times like this when i feel like we're all desperate for good things um yeah we know better but we choose to say like and that's why people go into like fugue states and why people go into these like crazy fantastical psychological breaks where they just want the happiness because mm. they are so obsessed with it and they don't know how to handle the stuff that's not happy that their brain breaks unfortunately that's a mental breakdown yeah like yeah and i say all the time you know like i when things are hard in life or mm-hmm. like i feel really stressed out and i'm like the whole like why is this happening you know all those fun like existential yeah. questions that you ask yeah i find it's hard and it's taken a lot of practice but i try really hard to find gratitude and i don't say it as like a oh a fluffy thing but like if you can't figure out how to do that you're setting your brain up for all of this shit you're setting your brain up for the constant burnout and the constant exhaustion and the constant like yeah you have to find like whatever what is grounds life. you yeah no you have to find whatever grounds you because if you don't know if you don't have anything it's super hard to go about life yeah <laughs> especially and if you're mentally not well that's such a good way to say it it's not even about gratitude is just the means to the end of being grounded I feel like yeah. that's you have to find something that grounds you and if gratitude gratitude is something that really helps me I've taken a lot of practice with it but like yeah something it's exactly what it is and it's funny because um i really love 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 how like they addressed the the sisters in the interview addressed like the idea of self-care um and honestly they hit the nail on the fucking head so this is what they said i remember this yeah we talk so much and we emphasize so much about like when we're stressed out and we're burnt out like self-care is the answer Mm -hmm. and why like the question that they posed is that if all of us are responsible for the well-being of ourselves yeah but we all live in the world together Mm -hmm. if we're only thinking about ourselves then how are we making space for the other people to take care of themselves million dollar question right like it (laughs) was so the way that they brought it up was so genius and their argument is that and they brought in such a good um, example, right? They were talking about how, you know, if you prioritize part of your self-care is you needing to get a certain number of hours of sleep at night, right? Or you have a certain bedtime and yeah. somebody else in your household, like, decides I'm going to play really loud music in the middle of your sleep cycle. Yeah. They are not, that's great. You're taking responsibility and trying to take care of yourself, but that other person isn't caring about you enough to give you the space to do that isn't showing that empathy so the yes. bottom line of <laughs> we're all that's why together we're, that's why our society's fucked right the bottom line yeah. of of all of it isn't the self-care it's the empathy for one another 
Correct. And self-care is so commercialized. It's like, I know, I hate go it. out, take yourself out on a date or like go get a massage or like whatever. I mean, that's great for your physical well-being. Whatever. But at the same time, right, it doesn't count if you go out and take yourself out to eat, but there's a couple next to you fighting because you can't focus on what you're supposed to be focusing on to calm yourself down. Yeah. Or you go to get a massage and your massage therapist has just had a terrible moment and is venting and bitching to you about, mm-hmm. you know, how much their husband or their partner sucks. Like, yeah. there's so many variables. That in, other person still needs to make the yeah, other make people the around you still need to make the space for you to be able to do that. It blew my mind when they started talking <laughs> about this. This is why people mm-hmm. love like gym and yoga communities. This is why people like communities. Because you're all in there together doing the same because, thing. And yeah. you're making, you're making, like whether you're doing it intentionally or not, even though I don't think they really are doing it intentionally, but because it's all commercialized now, but you are making space for other people to do that just like therapy that's why therapy yeah. is as fulfilling as it is there's literally another person sitting there with you making space for you to do what you have to do correct and i feel like people don't understand that if they haven't been in non-toxic relationships friendships or relationships like romantic or familial it, right oh, like it's, it's really taking, it really is cause so like, hard because like space and taking up space for someone like manifest either just like being physically there or just like mentally like or both and like if you've never experienced that to begin with you don't know what that means <laughs> that's so true like if you've I, never and- experienced something not toxic in your life you just think that someone being there like someone being there could be toxic right. just in general like and you you may think that that's them taking space and being there for you but like if their presence is toxic enough that's not taking up space yep that's not like giving you the space but like some people again if you don't know what that means forget it again it's all it's it's a journey but like you mental are, wellness mean, you're so right with like the fact because even as i'm thinking about it now like yeah. my true understanding of what it was like to have somebody else make space for me because i was always afraid to talk about what i was really experiencing oh, yeah, yeah. i didn't know what it was like for somebody to really make space for me to do that until i went to therapy and then I was yeah. able through therapy was able to set up boundaries and like really like 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 mile markers of what I need to be able to say like for me to say to Dan and walk up to him to be like I need like 5 minutes of your time where you're just going to sit and listen to me talk to you and then we'll yeah, have yeah. a conversation like you know and I I never you don't or to you even know. be able to say to like my, my pa- people that I had established relationships already with to be able you to don't say know how to do like that. yeah and yeah. like to be able to say to my parents, like, I need you to stop. Like, we need to stop this conversation because it's not like you, you're and right. Having, yeah. I, and I'm a perfect yeah. example of this. I had no clue how to do that you, until you therapy. Couldn't tell, you couldn't tell me like two years ago what a boundary was. I'd be like, I don't know what that yeah. is. Oh, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. I think I told that to my therapist. I was like, I don't even know what a boundary is. You can you can let me know what that is, yeah. please. <laughs> but it, it's true. Like you don't. Oh, and it's it doesn't have to be a therapist. Maybe you're lucky enough to have somebody in your life who I right, mean, that can help you out. But I mean, somebody who actually knows what it is would be really great to to start yeah. off with. But it it's <coughs> it really is so interesting. But OK, I want to backtrack a little bit because we told you guys that we were going to talk yeah. to you about what the wonderful gold nuggies that they gave us about how to move through stress and this part when I first listened to this part I had a couple of like moments of wow and then I got to like experience them a little bit and sit in them a little bit and try them out and then started to come up with like understandings for why it is the way it is um 
but I'm going to list all of them out that they shared and then we'll go back and talk about them a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so ways to complete a stress cycle for your body to complete a stress response cycle. The fucked up part about this is that (laughs) between Maria and I, there are probably 12 different stress cycles still in our bodies from like three decades ago. Yeah. But anyway, here's how you can finish a stress cycle. (laughs) Any way of moving your body. Perfect example of like how I said when I like do my little freak outs. Take Um, a walk. Yeah, literally that. Um, I did one. I took a walk this morning. That's that's so proud of you. Taking big breaths, having a positive social interaction. And when I say positive social interaction, I mean like an actual, like not bullshit, like a legitimate positive social interaction. Yeah, because bullshit interactions add to the fucking fire. Really? They just. (laughs) Um, Laughter. And I love how they brought up laughter as like legitimate, like belly, can't catch your breath, like legitimate laughter. Yeah. Um, Hugging, twenty you seconds. Know how much I fucking love that. Like to the point of relaxation. Yeah, which um, is I think twenty seconds or more. And then crying, <laughs> and creative expression. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So, have <laughs> you ever been in any of these and like felt that happen before? Yeah. <laughs> I don't I like that. I. Um, I take walks every weekend because that's the only time of fucking the week I can take half an hour just to walk around got it so when i come back i'm like all right i'm great this is great um laughing always helps like even like laughing helps i'm not a big hugger but if it does happen that's also that's also great (laughs) i don't know how to cry yet fully so like i can't speak to that i i can't i still can't i don't know how i can tear up but it's not like a like a sobbing session (laughs) you know what i'm saying that is usually cathartic. Obviously, I've, I've heard. I haven't experienced <laughs> much. So, uh. And then, obviously, positive. Just, like, being around people that, again, are not toxic is just yeah. a help in general. So, like, yeah. I, it's 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 common. I don't think people can, again, put a name to it. It's all putting a name to whatever you're going through. Totally. Helps, for sure. Totally. I had – so, funny, I definitely have felt – it happened without like again putting a name to it understanding it i felt it happen yeah in in a lot of these different places um one of the very interesting things that happened after i listened to this podcast the first time i was also it was like a a couple of weeks ago i was also writing my wedding vows right and there is i like couldn't put to words this like sense that i have when like I'm with Dan like there's like this and I was listening to something else at the time and it was talking about like um having a sense of safety and what it feels like to be home and all of that stuff and one of the big one of the big things about like not only moving yourself through one of these stress cycles but obviously making sure that you're in a safe place to do it because otherwise you're going to have more stressors and you're not going to complete anything Uh, like don't go for a walk at like you know the middle of the night when in a sketchy place where no lights are like obviously like right guys we're talking about like (laughs) that should make sense um but being a person who i am and literally there there are (laughs) there are less things on my list of what doesn't activate my stress response and there are than what does um and one of the things that I realized especially because over the last couple of months specifically a lot of 
stressful things have been happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I'm just gonna say it. I don't have a lot of places where I feel safe. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, yeah. That's, like, you that's know, fine. feelers are always up. That's fine. Yeah. You're always, um, also anxiety again, be, right, being an anxious person, this. like yeah, you're always in fight or flight. Right, yeah, yeah. I don't have a lot of places where I feel safe, and Correct. I think which is that normal. I've gotten really good at like telling myself that I'm safe mm-hmm. because I can feel confident, but it's not safe. Okay, Does that makes sense. Like, oh, I see. I'm yeah, gonna yeah, yeah. like. I've like started to lay confidence over my safety. So if I'm not fully safe, I make a difference of being like, I feel confident, which is like, that's not safe though. That's not safety. So <laughs> that's yeah, it's a too. compromise within yourself. Right. Right. You're yeah. com- I'm compensating, but it's, it's yeah. helping me move forward. Right. That whole fight situation. Yeah. But I've had moments where like, I will. <laughs> and Dan, like this is why Dan's like my kryptonite. It's the worst thing ever. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a person, but my cat, I feel like this with animals too, but like, you get to a point where like you can't do that anymore and like everything this is why they talk about like the 20 second hug when you like reset yourself everything just kind of goes yeah you feel at ease and then like anything that you're feeling though like your stress cycle's like okay we're completing it now yeah we're done we're done here dan i'll be like a perfectly fine like i'll be like full-on doing my shit and this is why i think i get really annoyed when he like i'm full-on working and he tries to be like yeah like huggy touchy feely because my responses are like i don't have time for this right now like i have to you know what i mean like you can't yeah. make me feel safe because i i'm not safe um <laughs> but i'll have moments where like and this 100 percent happened at my wedding where like we come out and we're so excited and the two of us started dancing and i yeah. just floodgates just like i just started crying, <laughs> crying hysterically um and there and he's done this to me before where he will just like hug me and all of a sudden like I feel that whole woof of like okay finally oh, I feel safe yeah, yeah, yeah and then I'll just start feeling all my stuff yeah and I never realized and then like I wrote about that in my vows like because yeah. I had never realized before that is something that I have with him that mm-hmm. I don't have with like anybody else yeah and that is the that is the key to it. Like I could never put a name mm-hmm. to it before. That sense of safety, yeah, is the only thing that allows you to feel like you can complete your stress cycle. And it doesn't have to be in a hug, right? It doesn't have to be a person, correct? Yeah, yeah, it can be in a walk. It can be in a thing. It can be in like an mm-hmm. activity you're doing. But yeah, and the sad part about this is, right? I'm a person uh-huh. who grew up my whole life moving and being creative. <laughs> But because Doing I every allowed, other thing, right? Right. All those other other things, but especially with those two really big things, mm-hmm. because there were always other people in there to watch me and judge me and give it's me not, criticism. It yeah, was not a safe place. Correct. It's now a triggering place. It was a triggering place. And when they were talking about this, I was freaking out about it because I was like, I did this stuff my whole life. Like I was moving my whole life. I was creative my whole life. But it was never in a safe place. It was never right, a ha- safe the key thing. Is, the key is you have to find a safe way to do it or to, to have a safe person. Which is why yeah. all the trauma was still in my body, right? Which, Which is, is also why, why I still carry it. 
which is also why when people like let's just take moving for example because that's usually the one that people really relate to is like exercising like Mm -hmm. do this for your mental health like if you exercise half an hour a day like that this will be great blah blah blah. it is great in the moment but (laughs) when you go home and you're not exercising and you still feel bad about yourself it didn't help that that's the key and the situations that people something just fell yeah (laughs) someone's listening to us um (laughs) the situation if the situation that you're putting yourself in yeah your wall looks awesome by the way thank you i'm like i'm like what just fell i don't even know when you go back to edit later you'll know you'll see what it is i have no idea you heard that yeah oh i totally heard it yeah um the funny part is right going back to what i just said about safety right if you're telling people now i'm not safe i'm like what the hell (laughs) if you're telling people go ahead i'm sorry (laughs) you're good if you're telling people like this is my issue with yoga classes right you tell people you're coming here to focus on yourself but then they feel like everybody else around them is judging them they don't feel safe they're not going to complete a stress cycle they're going to be extra triggers especially with working out if you're going to the gym you're going to lift weights and if someone yeah if you're going to the gym and you're self-conscious that's not going to help you right or if you're again if you're going to the gym you feel great and then go home something when you were working out you are now just using that as a distraction and not something to complete the cycle if you will yep <laughs> damn and that, like, i think and that's the thing i feel like they we guys were ahead. adding on to their research like they tapped on this a little bit but like really safety is the key to stop yourself from limit like from being able to so not let yourself limit your ability to be able to go also social interactions too like if you're going out to just go out and i'm guilty of this all the time i my seasonal depression is during the fall winter seasons um and i overbook myself because i can't physically deal with dealing with my shit um case in point my saturdays are booked until december 18th jesus so like you can't catch me (laughs) just i cannot i can't i was talking to ashley this morning too i was like i can't take a break or else like some something is going to come up in my brain and i don't want to deal with it and it's not like i don't want to unpack it i know it's just straight up just anxiety there's nothing behind it which is the worst part about it because like if it is something like if it is something i have to unpack like i'll go through it but i know in my brain like i'm fine it's literally just because i'm depressed right (laughs) there's nothing behind it that's the worst part of all of this right that's the same thing with my three in the morning like yeah I can feel myself starting to like my my There's heart starting to behind race. it that's There's the worst nothing. part is that when you're so used to being in a place where you're constantly in those fight emotions and mm-hmm. you're constantly having to push forward and you're constantly in a state of not finishing a stress response anything whether it has grounds or not triggers another one yeah it sucks right so what was I saying social did I say social interactions yeah I'm guilty of like just booking myself just to have something Mm -hmm. but also um if you are someone that needs a social interaction to like unpack something or whatever but you're doing it in an unsafe way you're still not doing it right (laughs) you have to with those people that will actually not be toxic with you that's the whole thing oh yeah and that was I feel like that was so much in my early 20s and like oh that was like yeah (laughs) That's like just growing up. Yeah, it's ugh. you have to find your people or a person and or you, whatever. It's not even the people; it's that you have to really. It's so, guys, being a person is so much work. You need to, <laughs> you need to know for yourself what like, you need. Right. 
literally what then, you need. And yeah. then you find the people who can support what you need, right? Maybe they have similar things to what you need. Maybe they need the opposite of you, but like you are in the community of people who can support what you need, which goes back to what we were saying before that like sense of empathy. Correct. And like if you are a like a homebody or like tend to isolate yourself, like it's harder to right. figure that out. <laughs> Because right. then you're so used to like isolating yourself and then coming out when you're fine, quote unquote, but you're not fine. You're just, you just have some reprieve for like five days and then you're back in it. Right. Which is what I got really good at. And I'm sure <laughs> yeah, which is what we really we, good we, at too, right? Like, yeah, I disappeared during college. And you just, you run on the radar in your burnout until, and it, like, like we said, you run on your radar until you get sick, right? Like yeah. I felt myself, stress myself out the, the week before the wedding, felt myself not feeling good. And then the Monday and Tuesday after the wedding, I was like, oh, my God. And it's not that I just got so- sick all of a sudden. It's that my stress was running my whole body. And the rest of my body was like, hey, we don't feel yeah, really well. Like, we don't feel good. You should stop and take a break. And my stress was like, uh, no, we don't have time for that. Yeah. And, and after part- it finally all ended and all the stressors went away, then my body was like, okay. Well, Here you go. By the way, you've been not feeling well for the past 12 months me. and now you actually have the time. now i'm gonna me make after you know busy that season. literally me after oh tax God. season it happens it's clockwork it's yeah, just so it's, it really is just so much it, and it's like you have to it's so exhausting being human <laughs> you have to prioritize yourself and like and i we said this last time like take the damn day off yeah <laughs> honestly i feel like this is good for me because now i know better like it's once you yeah. know this now well, i know better though you know better. It, it's the implementation now that you know what better is, is the yep. next step. Talk about you. giving yourself guilt and shame because now I know better and still not do it and then just feel really bad about it. So it's cool. It's fine. You'll oh figure goodness. it out. The one other thing that we wanted to talk about with this and something that they brought up um, was the connection, which is super interesting between, we touched on it a little bit, between gender, like race and privilege. And the privilege is the mm. part that Maria and I are adding in because we know better. Um <laughs> But no, I hate, no, it's not because of that. It's because we see it, but. The um, dichotomy between the two of us, honestly. <laughs> very true. Um, the, one of the things that they brought up was that when they started studying, well, not they, but when studies were happening about burnout and emotions and the way that people were handling stress, when people don't know how to cope with it well, they start to kind of take it out on other people. Correct. Which we still see all the time. And all the time. The unfortunate hierarchy that exists within our society is that men sit at the top and women sit at the bottom in terms of gender so men can take out their stress on women and Uh then when you add race into that Mm -hmm. right it the hierarchy I mean I hate I I I like it was the I feel like it was the established hierarchy and we're trying to fight it still but it still has some relevance it was like patriarchy and uh misogyny it's all the all the bad things. Oh yeah, it was like the that the, turned to a hierarchy. Oh, That's what you're trying to say. At the bottom of it, it was like it, it was like we're going to go from the bottom down, right? Like black men have the ability to take it out on black women and white women have the ability to take it out on black men and black women and then yeah. white men have the ability to take it out on everybody. Correct. So at the bottom bottom is literally black and brown and non-white women. Right. And that, as as a, a not white woman, adds to the the stressor of life. <laughs> Truth, you know. 
and like they did touch upon it because they did i think if i remember correctly they're like to add like a layer like okay as a white woman we don't know that we're doing this to other non-white women Mm -hmm. it's like a subconscious yeah it's a subconscious thing because they're being pushed down by the white man right it's like it's like or just men in in general just men in general yeah subcomplet like the fact that white privilege is inbred in us and we're not aware of it like that's a perfect which, like when we choose yeah that's a perfect example of it which and i could probably obviously probably speak to it more than you i yes <laughs> um again i have white friends clearly <laughs> case in point <laughs> i'm doing this with a hi. white friend <laughs> hi, hi. my best friend is a white woman like okay i have really great white friends but when it comes to like racial issues and just uh, my um issues what is falling in my house do you hear that, that sounded like like a tin can honestly and i don't know is because so i'm taking a break on my rant that is open like oh it's, it's like probably outside. not you that also sounded like something hitting the inside of like a do you have like a garbage thing near you yeah there's a dumpster over there yeah that's, which why that i'm like, like something hitting a dumpster which is why i'm like there's nothing on my wall besides the stuff right behind me you're so fine like, you're fine i'll keep my eye like my peripheral vision on the outside so that i can see thank you so where was i oh so when i'm dealing with like specifically racial or cultural or whatever differences or just like things that i deem i don't know not white i don't know how to do like say this but i don't i used to go to my white friends but obviously there's something lost in translation because like i have a lot of white friends and just like you know i'm usually closer i i and i work with a lot of white people so like i'm physically usually closer to white people but there's something always lost in translation and it doesn't help me. It, it, it like actually hinders me. So like now with a community that I have, especially in the Filipino American community, it fulfills me in other ways. And like that was a shift that I had to learn because now it's a safe place. Now, now me talking about other things that are not specifically white American culture is now safe with other communities that I have. Got so it. it's like, again, same thing. Like you have to be safe in this space and it's not a slight to anyone. Like, I think the guilt of me not sharing that to my white friends now, it's, it's gone, it's dissipated. But yeah. in the beginning, I was like, this is a part of me that you probably won't ever see fully. Yeah. And like, I felt bad, but also it's like, okay, that's not their fault. Yeah, like, but it's not a... It's also not a slight to anyone. It's just like, I'm not being fulfilled in that, so I'm going to re- redirect. It's... <sighs> So that's less stress. That's like one way that's like now less stressful is like if I have something super exciting and like I don't know who to tell without like them not like understanding. Like like exactly. Crash, and like, right? Yeah. Right. And like that's that's like annoying to me like intrinsically because it's like, all right, they're not as excited. So this is weird. But like now I have a community and I'm like, yeah. guys, like X, Y, Z, like this is But great. that's so like, important because it's a part of you. You're getting validation from an important part of you. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. It's 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 a, it's another layer of being uh, racially diverse or whatnot, mm-hmm. especially as a woman. Because that's like, again another and thing. Being a person, like I know, correct. <laughs> there, my parents have known me for thirty years, and there's parts of me that I've I've learned and developed as I've gotten older that I'll never be able to have conversations with about my parents. Mm-hmm. Right, or like even Same. with Dan, yeah. there are part like he's never going to understand my dance stuff or my existential <laughs> stuff, or like he he because that he just like when he it's like the same thing when he tries to talk to me about football and I get a really long way and I'm like um uh, I'm out I'm out yeah, I'm sorry I got here it's, but yeah, then he went it's this not, way yeah <laughs> it's not a but we are like that with each other with music and food like we can yeah those conversations go but it's it 
I think that's such a good thing. And I think, I think that you, and I love what you guys do with like, with your group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that we need to be able to advocate for that more. Like, yeah, that's why community is a thing. Otherwise we'd be like, and that's why people are always like, and I can tell you this too, from like all the stuff that we've been doing with the weddings. It's like all the advice that we get about like being married and stuff is that like, it can't just be you two. Yeah. You can't like it is if it all comes down to it, it's going to be us against the world and like whatever, all that stuff. (laughs) But like the reason why our relationship works the way that our relationship works is because he has me for whatever he needs me for. And I have him for whatever I need him for. And there are some basic things in a relationship when you're married that like, you know, you're supposed to have each other for, but (laughs) like, I also, if I get, I don't know Mm -hmm. if I want, if I need to talk about my, if I need to talk about something, I don't know. God forbid, like I'll have you that I can talk about random things with. I'll have Alyssa and Sam that I talk about things with, or I'll have work that I talk about things with. Like, I think that's a good thing. I agree completely, but I feel like it's so, it was, I don't know what it had to deal with trauma, past trauma and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. Like it just had to deal with all that. And my whole, uh, how I saw relationship dynamics throughout my childhood that like, I felt some guilt and shame of like not being as open Mm -hmm. to like certain people because we've had this relationship for like X amount of years. And like, uh, again, quantity of time doesn't matter. It's really the quality. Right. I was just, as an aside, like what we said before, right. You can be friends with somebody or in their life for a long time and never have a substantial conversation. A case in the point, like my whole childhood. Um, so it's like, getting past that and again it's all the whole self-awareness and getting past that and like ending that if you will cycle now I feel better you know like now now it's like I feel I mean every day I feel like a little bit better which is a good thing I guess isn't that the goal isn't that really the goal um so yeah I mean like that's also an added thing culturally I feel like and I'm sure many many of us BIPOCs probably have that especially if we are um in prompt like predominantly white communities yeah it's like we like we don't know who to turn to when something isn't clicking with our white friends and if you don't have that community like it can really hinder you and it's gotta be like just talking about that sense of safety right you don't yeah. know what this makes me think of which is like <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's just one lot. of the it's gonna be such a cliche guys but i don't know this so i only know what i see of it yeah what this makes me think of is have you ever seen hairspray the musical no but no okay and like so, i feel like uh it had a lot to do with race yeah oh yeah it had everything to do with race but there's a scene i like recently watched the um like the newer version of the music whatever it's way more pc but i recently watched the newer version of the musical and there's a scene where like this tiny little white girl like back in the day, like white kids didn't get in trouble, right? Back white kids didn't get detention. It was all the black kids got sent to detention. So there's this like, it, Tracy. It's still happening now. Oh, that's it, true. It, yeah. uh, Tracy, uh, so true. Tracy gets sent to detention, and there are all black kids in detention. So when she walks in, they're all like, "Can we talk to her? Like, is this mm. like is this safe? Right? Like that is a layer that." You're not gonna know. I right. I'm never gonna. You're not. Gonna I know. only know. You only uh, know like, through the gender. Mm-hmm. I and know I know it. Gender. Yeah. Right, but and I I know it from what I see and when people talk about it. But I don't. I don't have that layer over me. No, and it's a privilege that you have. Correct. Yeah, because then Correct. I mean, like again, another stressor, and this was back in the day, is that 
I was never fully 100% safe with the white community. Mm. I feel like still today. I mean, just like just in general, I feel like that could I mean, be just a byproduct. I mean, the sad part is like it wasn't that long ago that like Asian hate was like we were seeing it every day. I mean, it's not that we don't see it every day, but we were seeing it every day on the news. Like it was a yeah. that wasn't that long ago. And like no. it does happen every day still too, even if it's not happening on the news. So Right. And it's like I get that. And it's an added stress to yeah. many, if not all I'm gonna say many, BIPOCs. Mm-hmm. It's just an added stress that we carry day to day that doesn't ever go away, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's why to go back to what we were talking about before, that's why it's so important. One of the, the terms that they bring up is that um what we mm-hmm. need to do more of is leaning on each other and mm-hmm. when we don't check our privileges and like the way that we're not coping with emotions we can lean down on people and mm. like exactly what you're talking about if you are somebody who is white and carries the privilege of what it means to be white without having to worry about that is that safe for me you can unknowingly be taking out your shit yeah by leaning down on somebody who is not white right and like again i i say the white community as an all-encompassing thing but i have safe spaces in that white community aka this podcast aka ashley like it's it's again find the safe pockets within communities that you you are i guess privy to i guess i don't know if that's the right word and then you'll be fine there right like but i i a hundred percent time white community like or just like being a BIPOC is in America is is just being is literally just a stress that I will have and I don't think that cycle is ever gonna break honestly and that is also why we're at a disadvantage yeah I mean it just it just it just makes sense which is the saddest part and what Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense is that like we're the land of the opposite of that so I just (laughs) Like, or we preach about being the land of opposite of that. I, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. There's like, there's no real answer. Like no the, answer. the answer is but that. But it, it like, comes back to what you. No, I think the answer yeah. is what you really said is you have to find those little places where you do feel safe, and that's like, that's for all of this, guys. Yeah, like, that's, that's like all encompassing for whatever. If you're if if areas or certain things around race are things that are stressors for you. Mm -hmm. then you need to find a safe place within that if if like whatever your stressors are you need to find whether it is like a like an actual coping mechanism to finish your cycle of stress your stress response and an action that you take or it's a group that you're with whatever that is it's it's figuring that out to help improve your quality of life Mm -hmm. because the rate that we're going right now with the way our society functions is that all of the, unless you're actively doing the work to find the safe spaces, the way that the gamut is going to run is that the stressors are going to constantly keep increasing and the amount of stress that exists in our lives is going to keep increasing and the amount of safe spaces that we have is going to keep decreasing because the powers that be want us to be afraid. Like, I, I'm sorry, but it's a truth. Yeah. The powers that be want us to feel unsafe and want us to be afraid because that's when we take like just a quote-unquote justifiable action that wreaks terror and like breeds victimization and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. can put like a good actually also side note talking about this happy diwali (laughs) friends who celebrate diwali 
Diwali is, <laughs> this is no, this is relevant because oh, I'm talking okay. about like good and evil now, and like Diwali yeah, happy is the celebration Diwali. of good and evil. So like, I live in a in a, a very predominantly, um, I'm just gonna say brown community. A lot of people are celebrating has been have been celebrating Diwali by like blasting fireworks and like putting up a ton of lights outside lights. there. I like, love I love it. Like, I, I, I literally, I think we I all need to celebrate Diwali. The whole reasoning behind Diwali and like the understanding of like the overcome, like overcoming mm-hmm. of evil is like yeah. such a good thing that we all just need to, however, you want to fill in the blanks of what that looks like and the stories that you want to tell because different cultures like within indian culture talk about Mm -hmm. and hinduism talk about different stories that are related to diwali but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the overarching theme of it is awesome and it made me think about it because that's what we're talking about right we're talking about you Mm -hmm. have to find the good to overcome the very growing outright evil that exists in our world and you are the person who's responsible for that and if you can't do it for yourself it makes life way harder correct and i feel like if you don't even seek it out you're severely at a disadvantage if you just go with the the flow of the the fishes downstream there's a waterfall very close (laughs) and also like if you are seeking out and you get frustrated like i just say keep going oh yeah as annoying as it it is yeah as annoying as it is like all it it, just keep going i agree Mm mm-hmm this was one well this is like a good way to wrap up what we've been talking about because this is one very heavy episode everybody that was a lot Um, but next week will be more fun because we'll be talking about wedding stuff yeah Um, we'll recap britney's wedding great and and i'll be far enough from the trauma of it that i'll be okay to have a conversation and then we have um more friends who are going to be joining us in the future um Mm -hmm. we'll tell you about that as those get solidified and yeah great Use the rest of this day, or if you're listening to this on like a Wednesday morning, or you listen to this Tuesday night, or whenever you end up listening to this episode, I hope that you use the rest of this day to mm-hmm. really do something that can help you complete a stress cycle. Whether it's one that you started today or one that you started 20 years ago, Have give yourself fun. <laughs> some time to do. Make the space, friends, to do that. Have fun. I literally just thought about doing like the, me doing that, like the thought of me actually doing that. I'm like, wow, I don't want to do that today. No, and that's fine. Maybe it's not today. Maybe it's not maybe today. eventually. It'll be eventually. That's okay too, because we gotta we gotta figure out how to overcome this stress stuff, because mm-hmm. it's everywhere. Yep. Cool. All right. So when you go to do your thing to complete your stress cycle, remember that um, you mm-hmm. deserve to live your best life. So don't be afraid to be more. Oh wow! Bye. <laughs> yeah, I I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs>